podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. And I am still sick. Yeah. It's been going on forever. I've been to the doctor multiple times, multiple doctors. I'm on a second round of med- medications waiting cocktail, for... cocktail of medications. Yeah, waiting for x-ray results, trying to figure out if I have pneumonia, pneumonia. or bronchitis. Or... They were supposed to call you today. No, I... Um, they said first thing tomorrow. I did talk to them. Uh, I didn't tell you that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did talk to the receptionist to my doctor's office today, and they said, and she said, call back first thing tomorrow morning. So that's what I will do. So yeah, some <clears throat> unprofessional podcasters might cancel, but nope. we care too much about our friends and our mothers yeah. to leave you hanging. Yes. So it's going to be maybe a struggle for you. Well, my voice and chest are so rough right now that you might. You should hydrate. You, I, I've been hydrating. You might hear my voice crack like I'm should a pubescent I have, again. I should have made you some tea. No, no, it's fine. Water's good. Okay. But um, if you don't know, this isn't normally a podcast where we talk about our... Ailments? Ailments. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Excuse how fun me. that would be? <clears throat> yeah. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about the show Friends and the show How I Met Your Mother. One episode each, back and forth, you know. Comparing, contrasting, all that stuff. We're in season four. Um, this week, we are watching... We watched already. We uh, I'm vamping because I forgot the names of the episodes, cuffs. by the way. The one with the cuffs. Uh, we watched season four, episode three of Friends, the one with the cuffs. And season four, episode three of... I remember it now. Uh, of uh, How I Met Your Mother, which is it? I, I Heart, Heart NJ. NJ. Yeah. Yes. So, cuffs and I Heart NJ. We're going to put a pin in... I heart NJ right now. Much like my grandma and grandpa used to have a pin, a, a map in their basement with pins in every part of the world they'd visited. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, they were big travelers. My, my grandpa especially. Once he passed away, my grandma kind of stopped. I think it was more his thing. But when they retired, they went all over the world. That's what I want to do. Yeah, we're gonna. We're gonna. Okay. Yeah, as soon as we can retire, we're gonna go all over the place. Um, we're gonna buy an RV, hit the road. Yeah, yeah. Um... But uh, so we're putting a pin in iHeartNJ. We're going to start with Friends, season four, episode three, the one with the cuffs. And this is not, again, not Christian Slater's character from the 90s crime comedy Cuffs. Oh, I thought that's what I watched. I thought that's what we were discussing. Oh, you watched Cuffs? Yeah, secretly when you weren't paying attention to me. <laughs> Have you seen Cuffs? No. I definitely saw it when I was like... I don't know. The last time my voice was cracking, but uh, wait, <coughs> I don't remember much about it. Maybe I have, but I think I was just like a Christian Slater. I just thought Christian Slater was the coolest, so I watched a lot of movies with him. Is Erica Leniak in that one? Uh, I think you're thinking of Chasers. Oh, okay. With I Tom am. Tom Berenger and but well, is now- it similar? Like uh, the name and maybe like the video cover. Well, Cuffs, here's the difference. Cuffs was a PG-13 movie. Mm. Um, Mila Jovovich is in Cuffs. Wow. Ooh, I like her. Um, Chasers was very much an R-rated movie, which I will, I will admit, as like an eighth grade boy, is a big part of the reason why I watched Chasers. You know? Right. The aforementioned uh, Baywatch Babe is naked in the movie, and that was a big part of what drew me to watching it. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to remember who the younger guy in Chasers is. William McNamara? I don't even know who that is. I remember this video. Um, I never saw either of them. Um, Chasers is 94. And it's directed by Dennis Hopper, by the oh. way. Okay. 
Tom Berenger. Yeah, Tom Berenger. And, yeah, I remember that. William McNamara. Yeah. I, you already said that. I'm saying all these things. Okay. But yeah, also Crispin Glover, Matthew Glaive. Um, he might know as, uh, what's his name, Gulia from The Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, also he's um, Pam's ex-husband, or Sam's ex-husband, I mean, on, on Better Things. Wow. Crispin Glover. Dean Stockwell. Where's Crispin Crispin Glover? Gary Busey, Seymour Cassell, what, uh, Frederick Forrest, Mary Lou Henner, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper got people to show up for this movie, but I remember it not being good. Are you asking what Crispin Glover is up to these days? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think something recent, right? Wasn't he in the like um, movie Weir- wise? Weird Al movie? He was not in the Weird Al movie. I just okay. saw it. Okay. Movie-wise, he's on a lot of TV. He was in Hot Tub Time Machine in 2010, which I did not see. No, there's got to be something recent. There's TV stuff. The most recent thing he was in that I saw was Beowulf. It was 2007. Okay. Um, What's a recent TV thing? Uh, Netflix's Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. You watched that? Um, no. Oh, also American Gods. He was on a bunch of episodes of that, which I also didn't watch. Okay. Because I'm a big fan of him. I've always had a bit of a crush. How could you not? Yeah. And I can tell you stories because I don't know if I mentioned that I was a PA on Beowulf. You never mentioned that. No. This is a joke, listeners. Yeah, because I saw it. I talks it all about the time. it constantly. Because it was such a great. It was like my second PA job ever, and it spoiled me for PA jobs because it was so great. It was like I wasn't like out like on schlepping about location eighteen hours a day. It was like because it was a motion capture movie, so it was all the same soundstage every day. Was done like it did have an early time, like early call, but I was still done. I was done like five or six every day, um, for months, and also is a big budget, you know, Robert Zemeckis, uh, Sony movie or whatever. So craft service was amazing. Like I'm talking about, there was an omelet chef every morning, and then every day for lunch there would be like the usual craft service like buffet, but then almost every day they'd bring in like, oh, today we've got sushi and today we've got, like it would always be a separate thing. Yeah. And then also, now look, my plan, I need to quit smoking. And I think like this thing that's going on with my chest is definitely pushing me in the way to quit smoking. But at the time that I was a PA on Beowulf, I was very glad to be a smoker because apparently Robert Smekas hates cigarettes. And so he had built a special area for smokers that was like this lovely, like cushion seated patio. Wow. Cause he was just like, he just wanted them away from him. But he's like encouraging so like, smoking. Kind of because like it was such a cool little place to hang out. If you didn't mind smoking, you could hang out. And also it meant getting to hang out occasionally with John Malkovich or Ray Winstone, the people in the movie who smoked. Um, and it was, uh, I have such great memories of working on Beowulf, but to get to the Chris McClover part, he, I don't know if this is still true, but he was on a raw food diet at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he was the most polite man in the world ever. Like very shy and reserved, mm-hmm. but also like... As you'd expect, as you'd when, hope. Yeah. But like on a Friday, you know, he would, when he was done for the day, he would like walk around the soundstage and go to the little offices and like tell everyone to have a good weekend, like on his way That's out. very cute. It was so nice. I love, um, and we're way off topic now, but I love, um, there's like you know, um, like TikTok series about like celebrities who are nice to service industry workers. Yeah. So like servers at restaurants. So yeah. I was thinking about James Corden and how he, yeah. I always disliked him, but now, <laughs> now, you have a reason. now I have a reason <laughs> to reason. like pinpoint it. Like, yeah. yes, this is what I've always known this. 
Well, yeah, um, it's funny you mention that because there was recently a, a Twitter thread about um, people who, uh, um, a particular actor who is apparently very nice um, and someone who works at Fred 62 in, in Hollywood ah. ta- told the story about Colin Farrell coming in by himself, sitting at the counter and ordering a tuna melt and fries, and then um, calling her, the like counter bartender, back over just to say, these are really fucking good fries. <laughs> I love that. And and that, that led to a lot of people oh, leave, um, leaving their own stories about uh, about Colin Farrell apparently just being a great guy. I love that. Um, oh, there was a story, I don't know if this is true or not, but I hope it's true, that um, one year he was at Toronto at TIFF uh, promoting some movie, and some little radio station like hosts said uh we'll pay a thousand dollars to anyone who can get us an interview with colin farrell Mm -hmm. and colin farrell apparently found an unhoused man by the news the radio station and walked in and said give this guy a thousand dollars and i'll sit for an interview oh i love it i i hope that's true like he sounds like a sounds like a prince colin farrell yeah all right and keanu reeves obviously also has a lot of stories about being a nice guy yeah um i don't know who are the women who are nice I'm sure I'm sure most of them, but they get like a it's easier for them, I think, to get a reputation, you know? Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. I love like the huge tippers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Helen Mirren. I know she's fun at bars. She's cool. Yeah. I've seen her <laughs> at bars. Uh, I guess I have this story from um, Beowulf, Angelina Jolie's in that movie. And she would like um, introduce herself and say like, hi, I'm Angie, which is like so funny to be like. Everyone here knows who you are, but it's like nice. And also, I think this is something that sometimes celebrities do to try and seem normal. You know, most of the big name actors on that movie weren't waiting in line for the buffet at craft services. They had their people go and get it and bring it to the room. But Mm -hmm. Angelina Jolie would wait every line in day, every day in line to get her food. I like that. Yeah. Um, Um, Industry talk with Natalie and David. Yeah. Uh, um, So, uh, all right. We're 10 minutes in. We haven't even touched. Yeah. The one with the cuffs. Um, uh, yeah, I could. We could do a whole episode. A whole episode about Christian Slater and how uh, cool he is, and how uh, how how much I thought he was cool when I was a kid. Um, hey, call to action. We haven't even gotten to the episode, but if you listeners, friends, and mothers have any insider yes. stories about, I want nice celebs. celebrity stories. I don't yeah. want to hear about. I want to hear being that rude too. to you. No, I don't want to hear. I that. I want to hear that too. I want to hear about. I want to hear about who's nice. No, I think, cool. I think we should know all of them. Good, bad, ugly. I don't want to spread any negativity. I do. You can specifically... Call at the, at the end of the episode, Natalie will give her personal contact information. That's what she does every week. <laughs> and you can send her the negative stories. Okay. Okay, so let's start with Friends Season 4, Episode 3, The One with the Cuffs. Uh, we're still in Joey and Chandler's mostly empty apartment. There's a canoe. Yep. Uh, but Joey comes up, he says the, the, the superintendent or whoever it was, um, said he could have some furniture from the basement. So he's got a bunch of like used furniture and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and Chandler makes some joke about sitting in like, they're sitting in like patio furniture in their living room and the chicken, the duck walk by and Chandler's drinking a beer and he's like, could we be any more white trash? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Across the hall, Monica finds out she got a job catering, but 
for a party her mom's throwing at mm-hmm. her mom's house. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, she's like feels like she's sunk to a new low by having to take this job. Ross tries to cheer her up, but Monica takes it the wrong way, like takes it as Ross defending their mom. Which she kind of is in a no, way. No, he was trying to say like, like, you know, mom wouldn't do this. Yeah. Mom wouldn't do this just to make you feel better. But he's defending uh, his mom in a way because Ross has always been the favorite. But is he, if he's saying our mom isn't nice enough a mom to do this out of, to oh, make you feel true. better. That's true. But that's how she takes it is her, is him defending her. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so then the next morning we're back at the, um, at Joey and Chandler's. Rachel comes by to borrow some juice. The only juice they have is pickle, which is funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, Chandler tells her that he uh, ran into her boss, Joanna, and they ended up sleeping together, as we found out, because Joanna's still in the apartment. Yeah. Which he had already broken it off with because he wasn't interested. Um, but now he is because she's a little more. Uh, Apparently she's quite a, a tiger in the sack. She's assertive. Yeah. Um, which uh, this raises the question when Joey and Chandler got robbed, did everything just get cleared out of the living room and Chandler still has his bed? Does he have a new bed? That or was, he and Joanna sleeping, uh, that was having sex on my understanding is sleeping they bed? just took away everything in the living room, right? Because how could you even get a bed out with the oh no, I guess the the uh, no, yeah, the, he left the entertainment console so you mm-hmm. couldn't get a bed out yeah that way um they've since gotten rid of the entertainment console right because that's how they got the canoe yes okay all right this is all very important this mm-hmm. continuity um so rachel's freaking out chandler's talking about he's trying to be polite but talking about why he doesn't want to break it off with joanna because mm-hmm. of the great sex mm-hmm. and chandler and and joey's making the sound of a squeaky bed, which is kind of like juvenile, but I guess that's Joey. Very much so. It was very yeah. like Forrest Gump, like making sounds of. Yeah. Yeah. The, her, his principal like yeah. groaning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're at Monica's mom's house. Mrs. Geller's house. Yeah. We're at Judy Geller's house. Uh, new, speaking of pickles. Christina pickles is, yeah. Uh, Christina pickles is the actress. Good one. Um, uh, and Phoebe has been enlisted as a helper. Assistant, yeah. So they're. Have you ever, I used to do catering, or I did a few. I know, you told me you were a cater waiter. Cater, yeah, I did a few cater jobs, and this was very uh, reminiscent. Yeah, no, I um, I have very little food, in like, work experience. I worked for a t- for two weeks, maybe, as a busboy, which right. I hated. We talked about this on the pod before. Yeah, and then I was, I worked at a movie theater where I were concessions, so right. that was kind of. Right. Uh, I worked at the Arclight, RIP. People say it's coming back. Who knows? It's coming back. Oh, I didn't hear that. Um, but yeah, that's what Scott, a uh, friend of Battleship Pretension and a friend of us, Scott and I, said it's coming back at some point. But okay. I, don't, I don't know. I'm not getting my hopes up. Okay. But they're known for, one of the things Arclight is known for is uh, caramel corn that's made on the premises. Which I've never had. Yeah, it's so good. You missed out. It's but so I good. like regular popcorn. Sure. It's good regular popcorn, too. It's yeah. all good stuff at the Arclight. The food. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, the, the hot dogs are kosher Hebrew national hot dogs, which are delicious. And they also had like uh, specialty sausages, like chicken apple sausage and stuff like mm. that. And 
but the caramel corn is great because it's made on the premises. Each concession stand had, um, or the two concession stands inside, not the one in the Cinerama Dome, had machines to make caramel corn. And it was my favorite job, one of my favorite jobs, because it required no talking to customers, just spending all, an entire shift making caramel corn and occasionally you had to put it in the plastic like bins and occasionally rolling it out to the Cinerama Dome concession stand because they didn't have a oh, okay. caramel corn maker On a push there. cart or something? Uh, like? Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked that job. I liked jobs where I didn't have to talk. My two favorite jobs when I worked at the Arclight were making caramel corn or working the gift shop because making caramel corn meant I didn't have to, have to talk to customers and working the gift shop meant I didn't have to talk to any other employees. So it was one or the wow. other. Yeah. So you didn't like in showing the movies? I barely, I didn't like that, but I only did it uh, a few times. I, tra- I trained, you have to train like two weeks to do yeah. it. And then I did it and then I got another job. This is bullshit. I got another like PA job and I had to quit short notice. And they were like, if you don't give two weeks notice, you can't come back. And I was like, I can't pass up this opportunity to work in the industry. Worked three days on a PA job and the 20th Century Fox canceled the movie. <laughs> and so I was unemployed again Bummer. within three days. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. <coughs> so um, anyway, I can't remember what happens in this scene except because, uh, um, yeah, it's been two days since we watched these again. Our schedule is... Very busy. So, uh, but this is just, she's making quiches. They're making, yeah, they're like pouring the yeah. batter into cups. Yeah, they look delicious. But first um, we get like um, Judy kind of criticizing Monica for being like unprofessional and like criticizing her nail polish. And Monica's oh, right. just There's like. a mention of the, the yes. fake nails. And Monica's yeah. just like, oh, it's just something I wanted to do. Yeah. And then we'll revisit that. Good. Yes, you're right. There was a mention of the nails. That's a big part of the reason for the scene. Um, so Chandler, uh, wait, hold on. I, I got ahead of myself. Uh, Joey's now a, a, alone in the apartment and an encyclopedia salesman played by Penn Gillette, yep. uh, uh, shows up and yeah, I always, I like Penn Gillette's like persona and energy. He's not like a very nuanced actor. Like right. every character played by Penn Gillette kind of acts the same way. Like, acts like Penn Gillette. Right? Yeah. Uh, but he's, yeah, a very large boisterous man. Yeah. You can see him making a living as a salesman. Yeah. Right? So he's uh, selling encyclopedias. And this is going to be the C plot for the entire episode, which yeah. I'm fine with. I was um, fine with it, yeah. Because uh, I've always been a Penn and Teller fan. Have you always been an encyclopedia fan? I had encyclopedias as a kid. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, Encyclopedia Britannica. 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 Yeah. yeah. I had uh, my bedroom as a kid. Well, when I was... Uh, so you know my you know my siblings the listeners don't, but up until I was maybe like eight or so, I shared a bedroom with my younger brother Christopher, and my youngest brother Kevin when he was like a baby and a toddler had his own room, mm-hmm. and then when my parents decided I was old enough to have my own room, Chris and Kevin had a room together and I finally got my own room, like yeah at the age of eight or maybe nine I can't remember exactly, um, and my dad built a whole wall like shelf mm. like my bed was against the wall and then at the foot of the bed there were like three rows of shelves and then it, above my bed a shelf that went all the way across that had like sports trophies um which most of which i didn't care about unless they were swimming i liked swimming uh but yeah it also had a whole row of encyclopedia botanica yeah. above my head um anyway so uh we get joey's uh oh yeah pendulette asks him about like have you ever 
felt like you couldn't keep up in conversation with smarter people or whatever. And you get, we get this flashback, yeah. the series of flashbacks that yes. are yes. not, <clears throat> this isn't a clip show. These are, these are new scenes that were shot of, of Joey, like not being able to keep up with, uh, uh, political arguments or, you know, there's the whole thing's unconstitutional. And he's like, yeah. yeah and he's just <laughs> laughing along. Yeah. Or there's like one thing I can't remember, I can't remember who they're talking about, but they're, there's a disagreement among the group, the friends, and he doesn't know what to say because mm-hmm. he doesn't know what's going on. It's very funny. Um, so, yeah, back at the Gellers, Monica, one of the aforementioned fake blue nails has come off Into in a quiche, quiche that's already yeah. <coughs> in <coughs> the oven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I better take a drink of water. Can yeah. you vamp for a second? Uh, sure. Uh, Belgian cookie trio. Autumnal pie truffles. Okay. Stuffing seasoned kettle. Ooh, I'm back. Um, but it turns out Mrs. Geller, whose name I've forgotten, Judy, Judy Geller, uh, in a in a vote of no confidence, has already prepared a couple of trays of frozen lasagna, lasagna yep. in case this happened, in yep. case Monica pulls a Monica. Yep. Which is very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. That she was preparing for her daughter's failure. And then also we learn um, that her bedroom. Well, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get yeah, to that. We'll yeah. Get to, okay. um, so then Chandler, yeah, on Rachel's advices or Rachel's insistence, has gone to Joanna's office to break up with her, but they're not breaking out, breaking up, or they are breaking up, but they're also making out while they're breaking up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Joanna has to leave to go to a quick meeting in her boss's office last minute, and she playfully handcuffs Chandler to the chair. Yeah, and that's where that scene ends. We'll get back to that. Uh, <clears throat> Until Rachel and Sophie out in the, the, what do you call it? The lobby? Not the lobby, the like bullpen, I don't know, wherever the other desks are. Yeah. uh, Are like, oh, I think she locked the door because she's got the Christmas bonuses in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Rachel's like, don't tell anyone, but I have a key to her office. They go and of course they find a pantsless Chandler handcuffed. To the chair. And she's already forbid him to date. Joanna, because she worries that she would lose her dream job. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Joanna is uh, totally unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> like, brings Rachel into her uh, uh, romantic yeah, endeavors. Yeah. Um, then Joanna calls and says it's going to be hours. She's not even in the building anymore. She's in her boss's car. She like, has to go to dinner with her boss or something. She's going to be gone for hours. And Chandler is trying to convince Rachel to let him out. Yeah. Because... Because Joanna has hung the key to the handcuffs from the back of the door. Yeah. It feels to me like Chandler could get those keys. Uh, yeah. Because he can stand. He could stand and crouch over because his hands are handcuffed to the chair. Yeah. The chair has wheels on it. He could stand, crouch over, walk over to the door, probably get the keys with his teeth. If he were because he could pick up the chair. Yeah. Get the keys with his teeth. He could use the chair as leverage to like... Or that, yeah. Pass it off, yeah. Either way, he could get the keys off the door and I think probably find a way to get them into his hand. I, I feel like he could do this on his own. Yeah. That was my thinking. Yeah. But uh, Rachel unlocks him but then realizes, oh no, if Joanna sees her unlocked, she's going to know I helped. So she locks him back up but to a different part of the office, which is funny. To like a file cabinet. Yeah, a filing cabinet. Uh, meanwhile, back at the apartment, Joey is learning about Van Gogh because he's, uh, Penn Gillette has busted out the V. Yeah. Um, he's learning about Van, Do- Van Gogh and Joey's surprised 
to learn that Van Gogh was a good painter because he thought he assumed he cut off his ear because he sucked at painting. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, back at the Gellers, uh, Phoebe's trying to cheer Monica up in her old bedroom, which is kind of like a home gym now, but also still has a bunch of like girly stuff in it. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It kind of reminded me of when Lily's apartment is turned into a Chinese restaurant and yeah. it's like clearly both at the same time. Yeah. Um, uh, then Pendulette re- reveals that the set of encyclopedias costs twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, uh, which um, makes Joey laugh and makes him say something we'll get to in funniest moments. Um, um, what's that? I was just thinking, like, wait, it's twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred. Okay, that like kind of checks out to buy one for fifty dollars. That's what he says. Yeah. Okay. So he says, and then there's a. I don't know if this is in your funniest moments. It's a very funny bit. Where Joey's trying to show he has no money. And he's like, look what's in my pockets. Right. And this was so funny. Like, I laughed at the time. And then, like, that night as I was, like, drifting off to sleep, I kept thinking about it and laughing about it more. Because <laughs> he pulls all this stuff out of his pocket. He's got, like, a used tissue, a rock, mm-hmm. a little army man. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't remember. Do you remember what else? I don't remember what else. But then he reaches into his back pocket and he goes, and he is like, I've got a 50. And he goes, oh, these must be Chandler's pants. Which is like funny that Joy wouldn't have a 50, but also funny that Chandler also has that kind of crap in his pocket like yeah. you'd expect Joey well, to have. Yeah, because... That's what I was thinking about that night. Like, it's even funnier that Chandler had all that stuff in his pocket. Right, because Joey was delighted by the army man. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, oh, this yeah. is fun, like a fun little treat. Yeah. Um, and it's also funny that they have the kind of, like, roommate relationship that they... Share pants. Share pants. Yeah. <coughs> well, I think more than likely, Joey, like, didn't do laundry and took a pair of Chandler's right. pants. Yeah. Um, so that's all hilarious. Uh, so he buys one for... He buys one book for $50. He decides to stick with the V. Yeah. Because he was, like, getting into it. He says, I wanted to see how it ends. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um... Uh, back at the Gellers, uh, Monica has made emergency casseroles and they're a hit, and Judy has to apologize or or whatever. Um, and then uh, we end the last scene of the episode, not counting the tag at the end. We're finally at the perk for the first time in the entire episode with yeah. the perk. Um, I don't know really what happens in the scene. I think it's just sort of like a them it's all good. talking about Let's what get happened. Everyone back together. Yeah. yeah um, well, I do remember one thing that happens in the scene, but it's in the uh, it's in the funniest moments. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry for that noise. Um, uh, but the tag at the end is that Joanna calls Rachel into his into her office, and it turns out Chandler has locked her to the chair. Yeah. And so the end of the episode is Rachel having to unlock her. Boss. Joanna yeah. is in her like Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's everything that happened in the episode. Do you have any more stray observations or should we move on to funniest moments? Well, um, so Phoebe didn't have a whole lot to do, but what she did do was very Phoebe. She um, was trying to, like, help Monica feel more confident in herself. And, you know, she tried to, um, I guess, switch pull to Monica to, like, pull to Monica by, like, making everything better last moment or, like, you know, pulling improvising and you know saving the day yeah so phoebe's a good friend yeah she didn't have tons to do but um yeah sweet sometimes you just gotta be a good friend plus there's been i mean this phoebe this this season this phoebe this phoebe like starting with the last season finale and this season 
Phoebe's had had plenty to do. It's okay for her right. to take a back seat for an episode, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's move on to funniest moments. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, there's so many. There were a lot of funny things in this episode. Uh, I'm going to start with the thing. I, one of the things I teased before, which is Joey laughing when uh, when Pendulette tells him the encyclopedias are $1,200. And he starts laughing and he's like, uh, he's like, do I look like I have $1,200? I'm home in the middle of the day and I have patio furniture in my living room. I guess there's some things you can't learn from books. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. Um, in that same scene, um, when Joey is um, like remembering all the times that he felt like an idiot uh-huh, in uh-huh. front of his friends. Um, Pendulette says, you haven't said anything for like two and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it is like, it wasn't just like his, Joey was actually going through this whole thing. Yeah. Like making faces and. Yeah. Pen was just, oh, no, get down, <laughs> get down. <laughs> She's not supposed to be on. Yeah. We record in my office, which is also the guest room. Yeah. And she's our dog. Our she dog is a better. lot on the couch, not a lot on either bed in the house. She knows better. Yeah. She thought she can get away with it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is it my turn again? Uh, yes. So in that final scene at the perk at the end, Joey is trying to spark up some intellectual conversation or academic yeah. conversation yeah. at least by talking a lot about volcanoes. Yeah. Because <laughs> we clearly like he's in the V's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, when they're like, "Why are you talking about volcanoes?" and he's like. Uh, you want to talk about something else? Vivisections? The Vietnam War? Does he talk about Vesuvius? Yeah, he, when he's okay. talking about volcanoes, yeah. it starts with Vesuvius. Um, also in yeah. that scene, um, when he says, uh, there's a lot I didn't know about vomit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what else you got? Any more? Who says my breasts are really strong? Because I wrote that down and I don't <laughs> remember who said it. Phoebe, after she cheers up Monica, she tries out some of the workout equipment. Oh, oh yeah, she does like one set, yeah, and yeah. she's like, "Wow, okay, yeah, that's right." Um, okay, I'm gonna say another very funny Joey thing. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> um, uh, Pendulette bringing out the V book says, "Where does the Pope live?" And Joey says, "In the woods." <laughs> um, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more? Nope. Okay, um, there's a great Phoebe line that I'm not sure if I wrote it down exactly when she's holding the emergency casseroles mm-hmm. and she says something like, it's hard to believe that just a little bit ago these were ingredients. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um, my final one, which made me laugh very hard, a physical bit in the tag at the end from Rachel. When she, The reason she comes into Joanna's office in the first place is because she got bagels. Right. And then she sees right. Joanna and Joanna's yep. like, unlock me the keys on the door and Rachel does this back and forth thing of like should I set them the bagels first or grab the key first and she yeah. like goes back and forth between the bagels and the key a, a couple times it's very funny very good like physical bit physical from Jennifer comment. Aniston yeah, yeah. Um, now this wasn't as funny as sometimes we mention when there's like a obvious sign f- are you done? probably not oh. um, an obvious uh, Seinfeld similarity okay and i think it was joanna who said um stick your saris in a sock drawer that's right so that was very much like elaine yeah oh, no it was um judy no pen pen Gillette? no i thought joanna joanna said it to chandler maybe stick your saris in a sock drawer 
And it was very much like Susan's yeah, I remember stick that. your sorries in a sack. But I'm trying to remember who, like, who would have said it and why. Yeah. I think it was Joanna. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember why she would have said. Anyway. I guess because Chandler's breaking up with her. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to Friends with Make It Fashion? Yeah. Yeah. Second week in a row, I don't have much. I have. Unremarkable. When um, Rachel comes over to borrow juice when she and finds out Joanna's in the apartment, she's wearing, she's like dressed for work, I guess, but she's got this vest that kind of has this like, you'll know what it's called. It's kind of lacy, but it's not lacy see-through. It's like on top of her. What's that called? Mm, I think it's just lace. Oh, okay. Um, anyway. There were a lot of nipples, um, as per usual. I and know, but I don't comment on these things. But I just did, and that's fine. Um, blue nail polish, you know, we already talked about that. Yeah, I mean, good on Monica for trying something. I didn't love the blue nail polish, personally. Oh, I like it. I don't know. I said When I said on on this podcast that I might start painting my nails, Yeah. blue was one of the things I was... Blue. <laughs> Mentioning, but I was thinking of more of a midnight blue, and this is what would you call this royal blue that she's wearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, props okay. to the props department. There was a bagel breakfast. I guess that's also a uh, under the umbrella. Yeah, let, always... well, let's move on to what's under the umbrella. Okay. Um, yeah. Could we be any more white trash? Chandlerism. Yeah. Um, also, I was reminded of uh, Rachel's eating disorder with the. Orthorexia, like the her room being um, like a gym. Oh, Monica's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Monica's room. Did I say Rachel? Yeah, you Mon- said Rachel. Monica's room being a gym, which is kind of a nod to like, well, she had an eating disorder and was, you know, overweight as a child, and now her room is a gym, so it's kind of like... Hmm. I just assumed that the Gellers turned it into a home gym after she moved out. Right, but that speaks to like the larger... Issue. Okay. All right. I think. All right. Um, I was sad we didn't get any Mr. Geller. Yeah. I like Mr. Geller. Yeah, we didn't get any Jack Geller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Jack and Judy. Um, um, yeah, Phoebe's a good friend. We already talked yeah. about that. Uh, this is the second time in this series that someone has lost something in food that was then baked. In like season one, didn't Rachel lose a ring? Yeah. And they all had to dig through this, the lasagna. Was it lasagna? Yeah. To get the ring out. And then yeah. at the end of the episode, Joey's just like eating the lasagna yeah. that everyone had their fingers in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Should we move on? Or should we take a quick break, actually? Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, we're back. Do you want some tea? Uh, no, because you're going to oh, okay. talk now. So we're back to talk about How I Met Your Mother, Season 4, Episode 3, I Heart NJ. Natalie, take it away. Okay, so uh, we learn that Ted is, um, well, okay, we start at McLaren's and... Everybody take a drink. We start at McLaren's. Yeah. Um, 
I, I guess um, it, Ted has like some, I guess you'd call it FOMO. Like he's missing all of his like all kinds of stuff because he's commuting where Stella lives in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. he's always on the train going back and forth. He's missing stuff with Stella and Lola. Is that his? Is that the Lucy? Dog? Lucy. Lola? I'm gonna find out. You keep talking. Okay. It might be Lola. He's missing like. He's missing stuff with Stella, and then he's missing stuff with the gang, too, on this commute. Um, he's sick of going to New Jersey. Um, meanwhile, at McLaren's, Barney is trying to pick up a lesbian by... Pretending to be a lesbian? Dressing up as a lesbian, which... I don't know. Um, so that's what I'm talking about, like, the, these... Yeah, Lucy. Um, Lucy. Like, some of the jokes on this show probably seemed like edgy at the time yeah and now they just feel like like hack tone deaf yeah and hack yeah but i think like the fact that to like a 2008 audience the fact that neil patrick harris was out at this point Mm -hmm. so people know he's gay but he's playing the straight lothario like maybe that like oh this is neil patrick harris doing a gay joke so that's okay right but it doesn't it's It's not not, but i like it i'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of 2008 yep um. Uh, meanwhile, Robin is sick of Metro News One. She's sick of the puns. She hates having to deliver like just absurd um, news stories that are like awful puns. Yeah, which I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then let's see. Stella um, invites everyone to hang out in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and they say like, oh, we're going to have like a crazy New Jersey night out so yeah. you can get it, like, see what, you know, that New see Jersey is also, on. yeah, In the garden not, state, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess she can't get a sitter or something. So they all stay in and hang out in the basement and play Scrabble. And it's not like these people are like cool, like nightlife. I guess Barney goes out a lot. They just go to McLaren's, right? Yeah. Look, I have a lot of thoughts about this, about people who come from somewhere else. Right. And then try to adopt local prejudices, you know? Like, I feel like Ted, being an Ohioan, having this, like, deep hatred of New Jersey is such an annoying, I'm a New Yorker affectation, when really he's, like, a privileged, like, middle-class, upwardly mobile white guy. Right who like hasn't earned any of his New York cred. He's a gentrifier himself and like feeling better than New Jersey. Right. That's it's, it's, like, go ahead. I, ha- I think you're going to say the same thing. I have an equivalent. No, no, no. Okay. It's like, well, you're not from Los Angeles, <laughs> but when like people from out of state move to Los Angeles and then talk shit about the Valley. That's exactly the example I was so going to bring like, up. How dare you? Like, yeah. this is part of yeah. Los Angeles and like, there's a rich, history that you just don't know because yeah. you're like you yeah. know, close-minded and it's also like in both cases i think anti-valley sentiment and anti-jersey sentiment are both like again hipster upwardly mobile privileged people looking down on middle class and lower middle class people and it's also like mildly racist oh i've had okay i think called this is going to be a call to action People who are not from Los Angeles or have never been to Los Angeles don't know Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I think 
my memory from not being from here mm -hmm. is that the picture of the San Fernando Valley we are given in media and movies and TV is very white. Whereas the reality is that the San Fernando Valley is very brown, <laughs> very Latino. Our neighborhood is like by far Latino and is a Spanish speaking neighborhood. If I walk into any store, any store in our neighborhood, yeah. I'm the odd man out for not speaking Spanish. They're, they are conducting business in Spanish. Everything's happening in Spanish. I am trying to learn Spanish. Duolingo doesn't really help as much as I'd like it to, uh, but I'm trying. Yeah, um, and like with any big city, there are pockets, but the San Fernando Valley overwhelmingly is like lower income minority, I guess. Yeah, mostly, yeah, and I, Latino like, people. This version of the valley that you have, is it from like 80s movies? Like, yeah, look at Fast Times. Yeah. Look at uh, The Karate Kid. Frank Zappa's you know? Valley Girl. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Valley Girl is another example. Yeah. Like, And that's really like what you're talking about is like Sherman Oaks, Studio City, Burbank, that right. part of the valley. You know? Encino, Tarzana, yeah. Yeah, that part. Encino Man. Encino Man's another one, yeah. yeah. There aren't a lot of movies outside of maybe like La Bamba that are like set in like what the valley deep, actually is. Like that's Pacoima. We're the, deep, yeah. You and I live in Panama City. enormous, yeah. too. Yeah, but if you go to, yeah, Pacoima, Arlita, uh, Panorama City where we live, Silmar, Sun Valley, um, these places are very heavily, North Hills, you know, um, these places are very heavily Latino and very heavily Spanish-speaking signage in Spanish. Like, so yeah. Yeah, I, 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 this is my call to action. Like, I understand, because you've said that before, that you feel like there's some racism, but I wonder if people are so ignorant of the valley that they literally don't know they think it is all just like white suburbs so call the action people who don't know los angeles what comes to mind when you think of the san fernando valley right that's what i want to know okay that's fun um where were we um okay so this i guess <coughs> ted and stella had i guess they had a discussion about moving to new jersey or moving to um the sit new york city but they were both drunk so Ted thought that Stella was going to move to New York, and Stella thought Ted was going to move to New Jersey. Yeah, because Ted brought up moving to New York, and Stella reacted positively, quote unquote, in a sarcastic way. And Ted and he was too drunk get, to Ted didn't like, get the sarcasm. The yeah, he was like, nuance. "All right." Um, also, um, for Robin, she um, she quits her job and then gets um, just an audition, not a job offer. But because she was so excited, she was in the bathroom when she was talking to her, yeah. um, I guess her agent. agent? Um, and he said, congratulations, I got you. Like, like You got it. You got it. An audition. But like she put the phone down and just started dancing in the mirror. Yeah. So excited to leave. And it was like a big, um, I wrote it down, that um, the uh, news station that she got the audition for. I can't remember either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, in Stella's basement, um, they have to, they only have like a few beers and they're all expired. Yeah. So they have to go to Priceco. Which is clearly Costco. Which is yeah. Costco. And um, pick up snacks and beer yeah. for the group. And Ted's carrying all, an enormous bag of lemons. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all just kind of like in agony at how like boring New Jersey is. Yeah. But like, honestly, like you're all together drinking beer and playing Scrabble. Like what yeah. else do you want? Yeah. I'm sure Jersey's great. Yeah. Um, the big joke that 
um, Barney Barney's trying to like fist bump for like some. He makes a terrible joke. He makes a terrible joke about he, his favorite fish being a blowfish, which is like even Barney is better like than a, that joke. It's a, a terrible joke. joke. Yeah, it's not yeah. even funny. Um, and then he's trying to get someone to fist bump. No one does, and like out of principle, he keeps his arm up <clears throat> in the air. Yeah. Um, he says he's gonna um, like pay someone ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Robin realizes she made a huge mistake. So she calls the head of the, um, the station and she says like, I want to get my job back. And he said, if you get back in time for the 11 o'clock news. So Robin has 20 minutes to get, um, from New Jersey to Manhattan. Yeah. And she takes (coughs) off on Lucy's, (coughs) Lucy's bike. Yeah, and, pink bike with a little basket. Um, <coughs> she's there's a funny scene on the subway. She sees like um, she's riding her bike like on the actual subway car. Yeah, um, to get there faster. I, I guess. guess. Yeah, she sees the same people that Ted sees on his daily commute right, every yeah, day. Yeah. Um, so she gets back right in the nick of time. Um, let's see. Um, Ted doesn't want to move. Um, Stella saying like, "Well, this is going to be the end of our relationship. I can't uproot Lucy. I'm going to be Fair. the um, deputy mayor." That's very funny. Which yeah, is funny. I forgot but, about that. Yeah. Um, and then they're talking about how much they love New York and how much they hate New Jersey. There's a awkward bit in here where. Lily oh. offers up Woody Allen as a reason to like yes. New Jersey and yes. st- or New York, and Stella offers up Bruce Springsteen. Clearly, Stella won that argument. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Marshall declares that he's too big for New Jersey or New, too big, yeah. too big for New York, and New Jersey like suits him well. Yeah, because he uh, he has bruises on his arms from trying to fit through tight doorways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he loves he loves New Jersey. He does heart NJ. He does heart NJ. Um, there's a sweet scene where um, Ted, it, Ted and Lucy um, like meet in the hallway, and she says like, "Oh, um, I need to hear a story." And he's like, "Oh, I'll get your mom." And and she's like, "No, you could read me the story." So um, Ted tells Lucy the story, and he realizes like, "Oh, this is very sweet. I can see this as my life. I can I can maybe do this." And then he says, "I can, I can move to New Jersey." Um, there's a okay um robin is back at her job and her news story is um there's a new polar bear at the zoo and they with a new like a a tooth pulled or something yeah and so she calls him a molar bear and then she actually does quit yeah um and she decides uh uh-oh she's moving to japan of all places right yeah. Right? Um, what did I miss? Oh, I just have some um, um, observations. Uh, before we get to the basement of Stella's, in her living room, she has a very cool, like, wall-sized Loteria poster. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. That is fun. Yeah. Um, there's an awkward part where Robin's talking about the audition for the job, and she says she's oh. not going to get it because all the other... Yeah. Women were more ethnic than she was, yeah. which is like some yeah. bullshit, like alt-right yeah. replacement theory stuff. But that's very... Uh, very Robin. Very yeah. Robin. Yeah, she's the conservative. Yep. 
Um, and then um, one of uh, one of Marsh's complaints about the city, not only is he too big for it, but he also says it's too loud. Yeah. Which is something that I never, like, that's like, you live in a city. Right. Like, get over that. Whenever people complain about, like, it's too loud, it's like. Too noisy. Like, yeah. Go to the suburbs. Go to yeah. the country. Like, yeah. this is the city. It's loud. It should be uh, It's one of my most annoying, like, it's a pet peeve when people say the city is loud. Yeah. But, yeah. That's part of the. That's a that's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, dummy. Um, I forgot um, when they go to Priceco. Um, Stella's like, "Oh, like you should sign up for a membership," and that kind of like makes Ted even more annoyed. Yeah. Like, "Oh, this is my life now, getting Priceco memberships." Yeah. And um, there's a couple at Priceco that are in the background, like, "Honey, look at these T-shirts." Oh yeah, well, those we'll are my funniest more. moments. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, um, you convinced me to sign up for a Costco membership during the, or right, I guess right after we were vaccinated is when I. Yeah, when I, I, I love it. Yeah, I love Costco. It's yeah. it's a fun time. And I guess we live in the valley, which is kind of I don't know. Whenever someone does, it always annoys me because it happens every few years. Someone like on social media will come up with like sections of Los Angeles as New York City boroughs. Mm-hmm. So. So where we, where you and I live, um, is generally considered more Queens okay. than, okay. than New Jersey. I guess New Jersey would be like, like, uh, San Gabriel Valley maybe would be New Jersey, right? Okay. Cause it's not in the city of Los Angeles. Whereas you and I still live in the city of Los Angeles. So we're like more Queens than or maybe we are like, Jersey. Um, like Antelope Valley. Yeah. 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 Like, um, there's a lot more space. It's more affordable. Yeah. And it's not in the city. And it's not in the like, city. I think that's the difference between yeah. you and I and Stella, is that even though we live in the unfashionable part of the city, yeah. we do live in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, uh, last thing I was going to say, um, and this will come up when we come to get, catch up to on our correspondence, too, but um, Stella doesn't just mention Bruce Springsteen in the, like, uh, heartwarming finale when Ted... Uh, decides that he's right, willing to move to New Jersey, we hear Jersey Girl we by get, Bruce Springsteen. We get Jersey Girl, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, should we move on to Funniest Moments? Yes. What do you got? Um, well, we talked about, hey, look, dog shirts. And um, Marshall's trying to decide between a Beagle or a Boston Terrier. Yeah, that's the, like, it's funny that she says dog shirts, but it's also funny, like, Ted thinks he's still talking to Marshall, but then he turns around and yeah. Marshall's trying to decide between yeah. the two shirts. That's Loves very it. funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, you took my main one. The other one that made me laugh when we're seeing like the ba- early versions of the bad puns that she that Robin has to do. Yes. She has a, a story about people being electrocuted on the subway mm-hmm. or something tracks, and then she says, "Tune in at eleven for the shocking details." And then she goes, "Joel, people died." And then we cut to Joel, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> so that guy, it wasn't a great joke until we saw Joel like laughing at his own like bad joke. Yeah. Uh, you got any more? I have one more. Um, well, I thought initially it was funny when um, Barney said, "This fist will not yield," uh-huh. but then it just like went. Yeah. It went on too long. It went on too long. Okay, I liked it. I liked that sort of episode long 
thing. And then he like, as soon as he's finally allowed to lower his fist, because Lily grants him a, a, a fist bump, yeah. he makes another bad joke and goes up for a high five. Yeah. And then she won't give him a high five. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that was all funny. I okay. mean, I do like that he's so <coughs> principled <laughs> that he... In his way, yeah. In his own way, yeah. Uh, my last funniest moment... Uh, Marshall has, we talked about the I'm too big for New York, but this is like second episode in a row where Marshall has had a big impassioned speech. You know, one was about a burger. Yeah. Now he has this big impassioned speech about what he loves about New Jersey and uh, doesn't like about New York. And he gives the whole speech out. And then he looks over at his New Yorker native wife's face and goes, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, should we go to How I Met Your Mother but make it fashion? Yeah. Uh, we talked about the dog shirts already. That's that's it. That's it. Um, oh, well, there were some uh, statement necklaces I didn't care for. No, yeah, Robin's got a butterfly. Didn't care for it. Uh, Lily has like peace signs, multiple peace signs. Uh-huh. Um. So uh, when when Stella comes up with the idea of having everyone out to New Jersey, she's wearing a yellow and white striped cardigan. I'm a sucker for yellow, hmm. uh, and then I'm going to be a creep with the other one. If you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, in the montage at the beginning of Ted being late for things mm-hmm. and missing out on things because of the commute, he comes to Stella's house. Clearly, she was planning for a sexy night alone oh, with candles and everything, right, right, but she right. fell asleep. And so she's asleep on the couch in like black lingerie. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good looking. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. What's under the umbrella? Um, I, I guess I'm supposed to start. Oh, yeah. Um, the only thing I have here, other than, I guess like, yeah, Barney's commitment, you mentioned... But in terms of, I'm, one of my favorite things is to do foreshadowing. And I'm going to say, mm. um, Marshall, Marshall's feelings towards the suburbs, it's not going to go away. Okay. Just so you know. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Makes sense to me. Um, we already talked about uh, more ethnic than me. Yeah. Um, the high five for Springsteen. Also, like, an outdated reference when Stella says... Um, when she introduces everyone to her basement, she says, boom goes the dynamite. And I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. But was that, that might have been timely at the time. I'm trying to remember when boom goes the dynamite I'm was. sure it was. It just doesn't age. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, props to the props department. Um, there's a giant. Um, so I'm thinking about boom goes the dynamite. It's so funny. and Barrel so of olives that they get at Priceco. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned Ted the huge bag of lemons that I yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I stepped on you there. That's okay. Um, should we go to similarities? Uh, yeah. What okay. do you got? So I have kind of a funny one. This is when Rachel Please. says to Chandler, um, like, what's in it for me? Um, or no, I could make you a legend. Yeah. She says to yeah. Chandler about his penis size. Yeah, she's going to tell everyone that he has a huge cock. Which is... You know, legendary. Yeah. She's going to make him a legend. Oh. Right? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, what else do you got? Do you have any more? I have one more. And okay. It's, the um, other one I have is, again, kind of a bit of foreshadowing. And I mentioned this before. Because um, every time Sophie is on Friends, she gets treated like shit by both, by mostly by Joanna, but even kind of a little bit by Rachel. They get mm-hmm. talked down to. Uh, eventually... When Robin does eventually land a, a job, there she's going to have a coworker that she's also she's going to treat someone that also get it, it's like her Sophie. So okay. yeah, the, the abused coworker is coming for Robin okay. as well. Um, we've talked about it before. Um, 
um, lesbianism is used as a punchline in Friends, and we got a little bit of that on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other specific, because every similarity you've come up with has been like, something happened in this episode of this show that happens in other episodes of the Mm -hmm. other show. I'm trying to think of something that happened in both episodes. I usually... I feel like we usually come up with one, and I couldn't think of anything. Oh, uh, women oh. in lingerie. Joanna, right? Wasn't, okay. Wasn't Joanna in the chair in yep, like a Yep, she sexy... was, in like a teddy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stella. All right, yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, that will help me, let's peek behind the curtain, that will help me write the episode description, because I usually try to use the similarity to say, like, we do this in this episode, oh, okay. and this in this episode, so they're, like, similar. Okay. Um... what's next what's next is playing favorites but i haven't decided yet Ooh, that's fun um okay are you ready yeah okay three two one Friends. friends yeah close yeah close one yeah it wasn't a bad how i met your mother i liked it i enjoyed it yeah i mean this is I will tell you, peek behind the curtain, I guess, peek behind the curtain, or peek into my past. This is about when I jumped on board with How I Made Your Mother. I ended up going back and watching the first three seasons. Okay. But I started watching it regularly live. Season four? In season four. Okay. Um, mostly on the recommendation of our mutual friend, Sean. Ah. Um, so anyway. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's catch up on our correspondence. Okay. We've got... My uh, favorite. Again, we've got quite a bit. Okay. Um, mostly from our existing friends and mothers, but we've got some new people jumping on board too. Uh, let's see. Okay. So Jackson continues to, uh, update us about, um, mystery diners, mystery diners. He says we should do a mystery diners only Patreon. Okay. We would just talk mystery diners. Okay. He'd be the first subscriber and would be willing to, uh, uh, because he's he has so much restaurant experience, he said he would come on unpaid as our industry expert Ooh, to okay. to talk about restaurant experience. Jackson, we might take you up on this offer. Um, he also was at. I'm I'm glad that he's willing to admit this. We talked last week on the how are we doing segment. We talked about the huge uh, promise keepers, like Christian men's gathering in Washington D.C. Jackson was there. <gasps> oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Um, he had a portable radio with him, and a local station was doing a Beatles Stones marathon. Wow. That's like the memory he has of of the Promise Keepers. Wow. Um, so moving on, uh, let's see. Steph uh, says that the American industrialist food complex has really ruined cereal. It just isn't as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Currently, she has Honey Nut Cheerios, Kellogg's, Muesli... And Special K Chocolate Delight in her cabinet. Um, And then she says, she basically wonders why we haven't, maybe we should, um, come up with a hashtag for this segment. So should we say, like, if you're going to tweet us about keeping up with our, or catching up, sorry. Catching up with our correspondence. Catching up with our correspondence, you can hashtag catching up with our correspondence okay which will make it easier for me to find all the tweets at once instead of go. having to scroll through all, all my mentions yeah. uh, in order so yeah that's a great suggestion stuff yeah. so yeah hashtag catching up with our correspondence yeah um it's a lot of characters but 
you know, I've been on Twitter since the 140 character days. Yeah. You got 280, you can use it. Yeah. Just be pithy. Um, we have a, a, a comment from, I think this is a first comment from this listener. They're not the first comment for me from this listener, just for us. Uh, Australian, uh, Australian straw bale. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, who the official Twitter account of the Australian Strawbell Construction Twitter community. So this is someone who used to listen to Hey Watch This, a podcast that I used to do with Paul Goebel. Right. And he was a big listener and would tweet at me and Paul all oh, the time. Awesome. So it was great. I'm so glad to know that Australian Strawbell is uh, still keeping up. <clears throat> so he Does says, Paul Goebel, know you're doing this podcast. Uh, I don't know. My con- oh yeah, we did because when we were on his show last year. We oh, yeah, tried to plug started. it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So Australian Strawbale says, um, hearing Jersey Girl in this episode of How I Met Your Mother, uh, he thinks maybe we should add an entire segment just for significant music, music? used. Yeah. We always, we, we, we always try, try to, to call it, it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, usually more on. I mean, rather than friends, I think friends other than like using you two. Oh, they also used uh, well, uh, Greatly Buffalo a couple times, mm-hmm. which is like very 90s. There'll be more. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. got some pretenders and Chris Isaac. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like we had more. Chrissy Hine. I'm sorry. Not, not pretenders. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Steph, Steph also listened to my other podcast and was tweeting me about that. Um, so I've, I've said people like. They email us, they leave comments on the website, mostly they at me on Twitter, but now someone has come up with a new way, which is to DM me on Twitter. Okay. Uh, but it, that, this is perfectly allowed uh, because it's our mutual friend, Carrie. Yay! So, Carrie, thank you for listening to the show. Yay! Thank you for uh, being our friend. Thank you for DMing me. And <clears throat> she says, excuse me, can you vent for a second? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Um, I'm excited to talk about <coughs> cornbread stuffing mix. Okay, so <clears throat> Carrie says best cereals are Cinnamon Toast Crunch yes. and Golden Grahams. Um, she also loves life, like we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also, like me, not a fan of Captain Crunch because it shreds the roof of your mouth. Yep. Absolutely, 100%. Yep. But it's kind of worth it. Um, I don't think it's worth it. But there's also not just the scratches, but there's also a film component where it, like, a lot it's of so sweet sugary, cere- cereals it just leaves a... Yeah, because she film. also mentioned she doesn't like Fruity Pebbles, and I'm guessing that's the same reason. I, I as a kid, I did like Fruity Pebbles, so I preferred Cocoa Pebbles. Mm. Um, and she doesn't like Honey Smacks, which I think I didn't like, but I don't really remember that well. She also says, do you, rem- do you remember Alphabets? Yes, I actually remember, absolutely remember Alphabet cereal. I loved yep, it. me too. But she also says, do you remember the ice cream cone cereal from the 80s? And I don't. Were, I'm trying to think, were there like marshmallow? Was it like Lucky Charms or it was like yeah. marshmallow? Carrie, Carrie let us know. Okay, let us know. Call to action for Carrie. Yeah. You know what I loved? As a kid, short, short-lived, but when the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie came out, there was Batman cereal. That was like essentially like Lucky Charms, except the marshmallows were little like bat signals and stuff. That's cute. I loved that as a kid. But I feel like every like movie tie-in cereal was essentially just Lucky Charms yeah. with different shaped Do you uh, remember when Lucky Charms like got a new charm? Yeah. I don't remember. There was like a most recent charm. I don't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, I don't remember either. But the like initial ones were like a rainbow, a 
gold something. Horseshoe. Horseshoe. Clover. Clover. Was there a pot of gold? There was a pot of gold. I'm trying to think what the newest mallow. Yeah. I feel like maybe did like, because the leprechaun is a top hat. Was there a top hat marshmallow? Maybe that was an added one. Okay. Friends and mothers, yeah. let us know. Hashtag keep catching up with our correspondence. Hashtag new mallow who does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now it's time, as I'm in the midst of a cough, another coughing fit. Yeah. Now it's time to move on to my favorite segment to introduce. This segment is called <clears throat> "How Are We Doing?" <laughs> no, he's dying. He's dying. Excuse me. Can we edit those out? Nope. How are we doing? Okay. This is what it's called. There you go. Uh, this is where we look at what was happening in the world on the days these episodes aired. So season four, episode three of Friends, the one with the cuffs, uh, aired on Thursday, October 9th, 1997. Um, you know, I love hockey stuff. Yeah, you do. The New York, uh, on this day, the New York Rangers became the first NHL team ever to open their season with four straight ties. Um, I don't know if that happened since. Didn't bother looking it up. I know it doesn't happen anymore because NHL games do not end in ties anymore they go to overtime and then to shootouts and there is still a very vocal segment of nhl fandom who wants to go back to the old ways wants to have ties uh in in hockey games hmm. but uh i think i might be one of them i'd be fine with ties okay they're fun but a lot of people don't think so people want a winner also born on this day tell me if you know who this is because I knew the name, and then I looked it up, and I realized I don't really know who she is. Uh, the actress Bella Thorne. Yeah. Wait. Okay, I know the name. Yeah, that's how I felt. So I looked her up. The only thing I've seen her in is the movie Assassination Nation, but I don't remember her in it. I remember no, Desi Young. And, I know her from something. Um, I'm, can I look her up now? Well, can I tell you what else you and I saw her in that I know we don't remember her in? Yeah. When she was little, she was one of the Henriksen's kids in the fourth season only of Big Love. Because, you know, they do that thing like oh, like Bobby Draper, the yeah. kids age faster than the show. Yep, yep, yep. So she ended up taking over in season four uh, as as one of the Hendrickson's daughters. But that was when she was little. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. She's in both the Netflix The Babysitter horror movies, which I didn't see mm-hmm. either one nope. of those. But I guess she's the star of those. She's in a lot of things. I yeah. just don't. I haven't seen anything. We're too old is the problem. No. Yep. Uh, season four, episode three of How I Met Your Mother, I Heart NJ, aired on Monday, October 6th, 2008. We're getting so close to you and I having met. It's so exciting. Very funny. I don't know why. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. Yeah. But uh, just nothing but bad news on this day mm. because we're still in the middle of the uh, financial crisis. So it's a lot of stuff about... The U.S. stock market, the Lehman Brothers, the Russian stock market, the Brazilian stock market. This was a worldwide uh, thing. Also, I don't remember this because I'm not like a tabloid person. They're trying to be like holier than now, but I just don't follow the tabloid type news. Okay. But um, do you know about the Nancy Kissel, Robert Kissel murder case in Hong Kong? No. Okay. So this was uh, uh, Nancy Kissel was denied repeal. Uh, for a conviction in murdering her husband, Robert Kissel, okay. in Hong Kong in 2003. So this is a wealthy couple who 
one story goes, the story obviously that the jury and everyone believed that um, she was having an affair with the handyman who worked on their penthouse or whatever, and she um, uh, quite nefariously drugged her husband by putting drugs into strawberry milkshake that she then had her daughter served to her husband. So it like employed their unknowing, unbeknownst to the little kid, gave the little kid a drugged strawberry milkshake who handed the husband. He, he passed out and then she bludgeoned him to death with some sort of metal thing after he was passed out. Wow. Now her, um, defense is that she didn't drug him and she doesn't know how the drugs got into his system. And also that he was an abusive husband and this was an act of self-defense, but she was, Found guilty, denied appeal in 2003, or in 2008. Found guilty in 2003, denied appeal in 2008. In 2010, she was granted appeal and then found guilty again and is still in prison in in Hong Kong. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know any of this. How did I not get that? I mean... I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't know who Casey Anthony was until there was a Lifetime original movie where Rob Lowe played the prosecuting attorney. That, I like, think, I just don't know about these I remember things. seeing those, like, my mom, like, watching news stories about it. Like, I remember talking to my mom about it. Yeah, but in 2008, you weren't, like, seeing what your mom was watching on TV, you know? You were out or maybe partying, was, not knowing that I was a month in your future, right. ready to ruin your Maybe plans. she talked to me about it. But anyway, <clears throat> so that happened. Um, let's move on. Oh, we skipped... Top five songs in the U.S. in 1997. Okay. So let's go back to that. Okay. So the day the Friends episode aired, top five songs in the U.S. Number five, Usher, You Make Me Wanna. Leanne Rhymes, How Do I Live Without You? <laughs> uh, number three, Boys to Men, The Mysterious Four Seasons of Loneliness. We don't know this song. Uh, number two, Elton John's Candle in the Wind, 1997, which my mom definitely bought that single. Mm-hmm. Um. That was, obviously, he updated the lyrics of Candle in the Wind, which is about Marilyn Monroe, to be about Princess Diana. Yep. I say obviously, but I don't know. If we have listener, younger listeners, they don't know that. Well, if right? they're watching was, The Crown, they probably do. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they've gotten to that yet, but yeah. yeah. But it was, like, we used to have, in a time, like, pre-internet, I think, I feel like I've made this point before. We used to have massive cultural moments that were completely unavoidable. And I feel like they don't happen as much anymore because everyone just sort of like finds their own niche. Yeah. So everything's like, like almost everything is like a cult hit now to just to a varying size of cult. Right. Whereas it used to be when we had more of like a monoculture, which had its positives and negatives, like you could not avoid Candle in the Wind 1997. Right. And also like MTV was youth culture. Right. You know, there well, was not like for me. I didn't one have source. Cable, but yeah. Like one source. And then VH1 were for. 30 and 40 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then at number one, Elton John's something about the way you look tonight, which I guess, I think this is one of those things that's like, I think officially something about the way you look tonight and candle in the wind were released as a double a side single, mm-hmm. which is why something about the way you look tonight charted so high. Cause it was like, yeah, because it was on the same yeah. thing, but everyone was just buying the single for candle in the wind. 1987. Right. So but this it was is, like a piggyback. Yeah. Like an opportunity. This is like Prince sent like giving away his album to anyone who bought a concert to his tickets and then yeah. ending up like counting those towards SoundScan or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are the top five songs in 1987. Sorry, back to 2008. Sorry about jumping around. Normally I'm smarter than that. I guess I can blame everything on being sick, right? Yeah, you're very sick. Um, 
it's essentially the same as uh, last week. Number five, MIA, MIA's Paper Planes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I love Paper Planes, but like also MIA, MIA is like troublesome now with like being an anti-vaxxer and all that stuff. I don't know if you know about all this. I didn't know about that. I yeah. don't like that. Yeah. No, she claims that she's known two different people who died from taking the vaccine for COVID. Not true. <laughs> this kid can't be true. I don't believe it. MIA. That would be such a huge story. Yeah. If anyone knew two people who died from, anyone in the world knew two people who died from taking the COVID vaccine, that would be an enormous story. Yeah. Uh, At number four, Rihanna's Disturbia. At number three, another uh, very problematic person right now, Kanye West, Love Lockdown. Again, Love Lockdown, not going to, I love Love Lockdown, but I'm not going to sing it. Right. Um, I don't know if you saw, I'm a big Nick Cave fan, but he recently gave an interview where he was like, decrying all of the things that Kanye West was saying, mm-hmm. but also saying it is my choice to continue to listen to his music. I think he's one of the greatest like musical artists of our, like, of our time, and he's not going to stop listening to the music. And I guess I don't... I, I guess that's, that's for everyone to make their own decision. I feel like, like with Michael Jackson, I might eventually get to a point where I can do that. Right now, I have no interest in listening to Kanye West. No, it's like I too, can't separate it. It's too new. It's too... like. Yeah damaging right now yeah it's too yeah. dangerous right now for me it feels dangerous yeah um maybe i'll get to a point i'm not there now but i guess i'm fine with nick cave saying that um number two pinks so what and number one god it's all problematic artists ti's whatever you like Ugh. again song i like i really like that song yeah but uh yeah all these problematic artists yeah and i guess even rihanna's problematic right now because of the johnny depp thing right that she had him, like, she did, made a little video for her, like, fashion line and yeah. had put Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. I guess Pink's the only non-problematic artist on here. I don't, I don't like her music. You know, it's this cancel culture, you know? It's cancel culture is what it is. <laughs> yeah. We used to have free speech in this country is right. the problem. You can't even tell a girl she looks great in her skirt. Yeah, yeah. What's this world coming to? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember years ago we, like, had... A new software at work. We had someone from the software company come in, and he was like an older guy. And he was a very nice, like guy. Clearly used to give him presentations, had a lot of jokes. But then, like, he had some aside about like you can't even say stewardess anymore. And I was like, "What are you doing? Yes, this <laughs> like, is not your like yeah. hot five. <laughs> like, what? <do> you-, <laughs> <laughs> you have one job. Yeah. All right. Um, final segment is called. Challenge accepted. This is where we try to predict what's going to happen next week on both shows, armed only with knowledge of the episode title. Now, let's see how we did. We both did poorly. Okay. I I said that the one with the cuffs would be, now it's Rachel's turn to revel in Ross's embarrassment when a date leaves him handcuffed to the bed and Rachel refuses to lend a hand. It it was not Ross. Yeah. It was Rachel. Yeah. But she was refusing for a different reason. Yeah. Anyway, um, and you said I heard NJ would be about Robin Way's accepting a new gig, close there, Kinda. in the Garden State, and the gang fret about losing their pal to the bridge and tunnel crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more right the, than you, but still yeah, not, I not, think we, not a point. Yeah. No point. So we're still tied at zero. Um, man, I'm going to be even less clever this week with my... Uh, I try to like write them in a clever way, yeah. and I realized that wasn't very funny because yeah. I was sick last week. I'm still yeah. sick this week. It's not going to be funny, probably. But you want to vamp for a second? Uh, yeah. 
eggnog liqueur, Heracover, organic cranberries, organic super sweet cut corn, scallopini potatoes, turkey sausage stuffing, fried rice. Okay. If anyone follows the uh, Fearless Flyer, there's a new Thanksgiving guide. Great. Very excited. Very excited about Thanksgiving. Um, so, season four, episode four of Friends is called The One with the Ballroom Dancing, which is very 97, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay. So who is most likely to jump on the Neo Swing craze? Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rachel tries to drag Monica along to dance classes in order to meet boys Ross out of jealousy to meet some cool cats yep 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 to meet <laughs> some cool cats and hep daddios mm-hmm. how many d's are in daddios um Ross, out of jealousy, drags Joey to the same class to complete, complete, compete, right? Yeah. Oh, he's struggling. Yeah. <laughs> he's struggling, folks. <laughs> Needless to say, Joey cleans up with all the swell twists and happening skirts. Oy vey. Okay. <laughs> um, season four, episode four. Oh, my voice is going. <clears throat> season four, episode four of How I Met Your Mother is called Intervention. Intervention. Okay. So... Who's going to get the intervention? Um, let's see. Let's see who's going to get the intervention. Okay. So, I mean, we left with, uh, well, let's see. Um, uh, there was quite a cliffhanger. Of, with Robin going to with Japan. With Robin going to yeah. Japan. So maybe they're going to plan an intervention to get her to stay in New York. Okay. Find a fun way to say that. <laughs> the gang throw Robin an intervention party to help her come face to face with her addiction to 
moving to Japan. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Okay. Well, we did it then. We did it. We did it this whole episode. Yeah. We killed it. You survived. Barely. Barely. Probably annoyed the shit out of the listeners. Yeah. By coughing into the mic. Sorry about that. Uh, you can find us, you can find this podcast wherever you found it, to be honest, but you can also find posts for every episode, every episode at battleshippretension.com. That's also where you can find my other podcast, Battleship Pretension, where I talk movies. Um, you can also find a link there to my co-host Tyler's GoFundMe. Yes. Uh, if you want to know what's going on with Tyler, it's a ongoing and very, um, difficult, rare and scary medical issue. Uh, if you want to find out all the information, you can go to caringbridge.com dot org slash visit slash tyler and jennifer smith and that will also find you a link to the gofundme where you can help with the medical bills um which we would love if you could do that so uh check that out also yeah email us at the one where i met your mother gmail.com tweet me at davy pretension hashtag uh catching up with our correspondence um also i guess if we follow each other you can dm me like gary did yeah (laughs) um but let's, uh, we don't all have to do that. Um, um, you can also leave a review um, for for us. But that's, that, that's your, uh, uh, sorry, I'm sick. Okay. Well, First, you need to tell us where, you, where people can find you on the internet, like I, like I promised earlier. Okay, well, you can toot me on Mastodon. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize that would be such a reaction. Okay. Um, no. Um, you know, you should like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mothers. Give us five stars when you open up the app of your choice. Um, and leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah, I think we only have, like, two reviews. Yeah, I will read your review we will read it. Um, unless, and um, we're sp- unless it's like you know, vile. Yeah, like, and like we still want homophobic. to know your uh, underpants radiuses, radii. Yeah, we didn't get any um, of that. Cereal of choice. Hashtag new cereal who dis or new what is it? Uh, new mallow. <laughs> new mallow who dis. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Until next time. See you in Secaucus, Secaucus. <laughs> <laughs>